Hey, hey y'all. Welcome back to Cups of Anxiety. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm your other host, Autumn. In our last episode, Michelle and I had a very deep conversation about the trials and tribulations of just life in general. And we received a couple of messages about how you guys related to it a lot and even had some of your own crazy stories regarding that. Yeah, and very true. I've gotten some DMs as well, but I've also got a lot of good feedback about our drinks suggestions. So today we're having a Haritos guava flavored because we wanted to be different and it tastes really good actually oh yeah i love it it's like something is 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 different i've never had guava flavored soda actually it's the same for me and i've had haritos like yeah i guess i've always had like the mandarin one. Oh yeah that one's really good and like, the guava flavor like the color is pretty too so yeah it's very pretty like pinkish lilacish. Um, That's how you know it would be good. Yeah. And today we're talking about anxiety. Finally, we're talking about our freaking whole podcast concept. (laughs) Yeah, like it's been in our title, but we only decided till the damn fourth episode to finally talk about it. I mean, if you think about it, we each of our episodes kind of shows a glimpse of like how we've lived life interpreted life and then we've had some pretty we've had happy moments moments but we've also had dark moments where we kind of explored the whole us getting into our fears and our (laughs) traumas (laughs) no like i was just thinking about how you know everything we talk about it all just kind of connects to each other at the end like the concept of anxiety exists in like all aspects of life right especially how it's formed and how that you know depending on how you're raised and such that kind of manifests in every other relationship in your life even as simple as you know how you might raise your hand in school when a teacher has a question or something it's even as simple as that True. And then also I kind of wanted to get into like, I think people kind of use anxiety as, I don't know, like like an overgeneralized feeling of like scaredness or like nervousness. I mean, which it is, don't get me wrong, like anxiety is those things. But I feel like it's also, I mean, it is sometimes if it's bad enough, it's also a disorder, like a psychiatric disorder as well. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I am very happy that we're kind of in an age where things like that are talked about so openly. But I guess it brings to the question of, you know, is the term becoming desensitized? Because like, words have meaning, you know, and you, you just can't use certain words, especially certain things that are, you know, mentally taxing, mentally taxing words to, to have them be so watered down. You know, it kind of takes away from their effect. And and like anxiety isn't just an occasional stage fright or whatever. I mean, 
you know, you can be anxious in every situation, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's kind of like when, you know, people talk about people who have OCD and they reduce people's OCD to being like, ooh, you wash your hands a lot. Well, not just that. Like, I mean, yes, people that do have OCD commonly do wash oh, their yeah, hands of a course. lot. But it's like those girls that are like, they have like every set of highlighter or like um, they like fold their socks a certain way. They're just like, oh yeah, I'm OCD. And I'm like, no, you're not. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> no, like the way you just like, I guess reference that it's like having a neat perfectionist behavior. That's like a more romanticized version of OCD. It's like, you know, like I've, you know, I've seen people who will write about characters who have OCD and like do it in a way where said person who has OCD, it's just all of the, it's all of the romanticized and neat and orderly aspects of having OCD I mean, I don't have it, so I wouldn't know. But what I do know is that that is like a really kind of like it's a term that has meaning. And I feel like it gets watered down, you know, in the same way that anxiety does when it gets thrown around and seen as something that is like that can be eased through another person or something that can be eased through words and It's not. And that's kind of one thing that I had to learn about life is that, you know, I used to think that every problem had a solution and that every bad feeling has a way that there's a solution to it that you can just alleviate it immediately. But that's kind of not what life is about. And that's also not how anxiety disappears either. I had to learn that the hard way too. Yeah. So, you know, when I was so anxious, I would have like a panic attack. And of course, the the younger I was, I didn't understand what panic attacks were. So I I don't even remember exactly what age I was. I just remember having a panic attack. Wait, like, did you know it was a panic attack at the time? Or did somebody, like, explain that to you? I would have the panic attack, but then I wouldn't realize it was a panic attack until, like, years later. So I I would go through the panic attack, feel so anxious that I could literally not move, you know? Like, I would feel so, I don't know, almost, like, paralyzed in a way. Like, I couldn't move or do anything. Oh, my God. And so, but... It goes hand in hand with that where that is like true form of anxiety. It's like it's immobilizing. It's it's not scary, but it is an eye opener because it's not just your typical, ooh, I'm nervous to talk to that boy, you know. Um, but anyways, I learned years later, you know, getting into the whole psychology and mental health and whatnot. Um, but the reason why I had I had said that it's you have to learn it or I had to learn it the hard ways like I used to throw around that I was OCD too so I was one of those people unfortunately but I learned and I I had to learn the same thing about anxiety like sure I could be anxious in a moment but 
going through to a therapist, explaining like my experiences with them, then it was internalizing myself that I had anxiety, but also them literally telling me, well, you have anxiety. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) The way, see, you bringing that entire thing up made me literally realize like just now, like just now years old, when I realized this is that there are a lot of people out there who might reduce a lot of these terms like OCD and anxiety to, you know, something that's like frivolous or like quirky. But I realize now, based off what you said, that a lot of people who do experience anxiety existing in their day-to-day life, they don't like realize it until a person like a therapist might tell them that because I can name so many times where I've talked to, you know, one of my friends, told them a story or told them about how I felt about something. And, you know, they would tell me that that's like, that's not normal and not in a way where they're being mean to me, but literally like, you know, have you ever like, Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all could relate to telling somebody a story that y'all thought was, like, super funny, but then they just look at you, like, really, really crazy and look at you like you've never been hugged your whole life. Yeah, that's, like, that's one of those things that it's, like, like, actual people who, like, experience this, they don't realize they're experiencing it. And one of the things that I can share is, like, I had this thing where you know if y'all listen to the last like podcast episode you know I've had this thing where I've always felt incompetent my whole life so doing any task in front of a person was scary to me because I was always afraid that I was going to get made fun of for how I performed certain tasks like cooking or driving yes oh my god Every time we get in the car together, or every time Autumn's driving, she's like, just close your eyes. <laughs> I don't want you to judge me. <laughs> no, the, uh, <laughs> that's actually so true. Like, you know, like, I'm not opposed to driving, like, by myself. But, like, you know, I, I remember, like, like Michelle will be like, oh, like, can you take me somewhere? And anytime I'm, at, like, at the time, I would be reluctant to, not because I didn't want to, but because in my brain, I'm like, I do not want her to see the way I drive. I don't, like, if there's not a specific way that I drive that's, like, terrible because she, she's told me, like, it's not, like, and other people have told me it's not, like, terrible, my driving. But, you know, like, initially becoming friends with her and, you know, I would be more comfortable, like, driving places myself and not having, like, other people that I'm not as, you know, that I was, like, close with, but not too close with in the car, you know? I I, I would literally, like, I, I don't, I still struggle with, you know, doing certain, like, certain tasks that seems like something adults are supposed to know how to do, because, in front of people because I know how to do these things but I got I have this fear in the back of my head that if I do them in front of other people they're gonna make fun of the way I do it like oh like that's how you use your pots and pans or that's how you do this that's how you do that and I'm I get afraid of it because of how I've been criticized a lot when I was younger and also people outside of my family you know 
pointing things out like that. So, and you know, earlier I said, when I said that sometimes there isn't like a solution to every problem, I don't mean that in like a doom and gloom way, but rather in a way that's like, there's no one size fits all to every situation. Every person who experiences a form of anxiety, there's no there's no little chant you can say in your head that will make it go away permanently. There's no little boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other you can have in your life that magically makes it go away. Right. There's no like thing. There's no sp- there's no specific thing you can do to make it so you never experience that anymore. You just kind of have to keep surrounding yourself with people who understand you, who are patient with you. And you have to show that grace and patience with yourself. Because if you don't, it's always going to feel like it's the end of the world. And that's why Michelle's kind of been a blessing in my life to have. Because not just with driving, but in any task that I'm like, ashamed to do in front of people she like just doesn't judge me not just for how I'm feeling but for the way that I do things like I've washed dishes in her house and you know I used to think that there was a certain way I did things that was weird and she's just like I don't see anything wrong with it honestly um as long as the dishes are clean (laughs) but yeah like um I get I I get that because I used to ask the same questions like on the most like menial things I'd be like am I doing this right or would you like me to do this a certain way and that that is it kind of plays into like the anxiety of like they're judging me for what I'm doing right um but yeah I mean I tried to be I'm glad that I'm a blessing in your life uh and I'm always trying to be what's the word kind and unjudging (laughs) unjudgmental yeah is there an anxiety that we would like to share with everyone maybe we can have like story time oh yeah actually speaking of that we should probably mention that we have a google form up yes like we're gonna put it i'm gonna or i'm gonna put it in our link tree on our instagram so if you guys want to go through there uh because that's the only place i can kind of mass share it with everyone so yeah no link trees have been i learned that through tiktok it they, they, they're kind of a blessing yeah so it'll be on that on the on the link tree and i want to engage the audience to share their stories anonymously so that they can you know if they have a story about feeling anxiety or just an impactful story altogether, they have a safe space to share it um whether it be like a sad or a happy moment in their lives because i feel like as asian diasporas we don't really have a platform of like sharing our moments especially if they're sad moments not just sad moments but like deep dark moments because we're kind of taught not to do that we're kind of taught not to feel anything but following strict instructions from elders (laughs) so um it's supposed to be a safe space for our audience to share whatever they'd like with us and then we can like 
talk about it on our next episode that's right and it'll give us just content and or like ideas to talk about yeah and you know one thing i've realized about life is that if you think that somebody out there has not been through what you know you've been through or if you ever feel stupid about something somebody on the other side of the world has done or been through the exact same thing that you have and you shouldn't feel stupid or embarrassed about that because you're not alone in that yeah i that's uh that's a big one too like i i just know that the topics that we talk about even the ones that we've talked about thus far i know there's someone in the audience sitting there and saying wow someone went through the same thing as me and like that's so powerful in my eyes like i feel like if someone can say that about our podcast we have achieved our mission absolutely i i would feel the exact same thing too because i'm pretty sure i feel like michelle could probably attest to this but there have there have been times in my life where i felt like i didn't really have a voice in certain things that happened to me and i felt locked in inside of my own pain and you know i don't really believe in the term misery loves company what i more so believe in is that having enough people that can be by your side to say hey you're not stupid for having gone through that let us help you really learn how to embody your own voice and use it that's kind of what you know that's kind of i mean that's my personal mission on this podcast and i know this is a more sad mission for on my side is that at one point in my life, I felt like I was, I know I wasn't, but I just felt like I was the only person going through my current struggle and that the world was targeting me and blah, 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 right? And it's sad to say, but, you know, in my teenager years, I was suicidal because I felt like, again, I was alone and... I had no one to reach out to. I had no one to relate to. And so similarly, this form is to, again, share any stories that I might need to get off my chest. Therefore, someone out there is listening, which is me and Adam. And I just know that I'm not here to like praise us us and say that we're going to save somebody's life. I'm just saying... I know someone out there is it they they need listening ears. I feel like they will appreciate that in a sense. Yeah. That's why we opened up the Google form and should we go ahead and share a story? You want to go first? <laughs> sure, I didn't even pick one out yet, so okay. I'll take this one for example. My junior year of high school, I had failed think my second semester of a history class and i thought the world was going to end first of all i didn't even have like this is my fault entirely i I totally take uh what's the word responsibility i totally take responsibility for this however i got a 69.4 and the passing grade was a 69.5 because they round up to 70 at that point And I used to not share this with people because I was like, they're going to fucking judge me for failing a 
I think it was U.S. history class. Because, like, who fails that? Or that's what I used to think. But... I'm sure a lot of people... I'm sure, like, I, now to, that I'm thinking of think, it. No, it's so funny how a lot of us can relate to being embarrassed of our failures. But I feel like now, these days, it's more like, you know, I'm kind of glad we're slowly living in a world that's like, you know, be patient with with people, you know, like, little accomplishments are still accomplishments and stuff like that. I mean, it's still a hard world to live in, but I'm, you know, it, it's just so funny how when we were, you know, kids, we used to think that if we if we don't achieve an aspect in our lives at its 100%, then it's completely over for us. We have no chance in this world. We're never going to find love. We're never going to be able to uh, be financially stable. All of this other unrelated shit. Oh my God, yes. Because like when I tell you, I when I saw that grade, I was like, damn, you couldn't be 0.1 smarter like, you couldn't be, like, just a point one smarter. You're probably like, my whole entire life is ruined. <laughs> yes, no, I literally thought that because, you know, junior year, it's, like, when they they prep you for, like, applying to colleges and taking oh, your yeah. SAT or whatever it was. Or I think it was PS Or, no, 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 yeah, it was SATs and whatnot. And so I, li- I was like, I'm never going to school. And... My parents are going to disown me. The trajectory me. of your life had changed. You can't do what you originally sought out to That's, do. Right. And I was like, what's funny is I was able to retake that specific semester because my senior year, I ended up getting so many credits that I ha- I was able to take off three classes. So like get off early. And so anyways, I was able to fit it in into like my four classes that I needed. But anyways, like, I just felt stupid as a senior sitting in a junior class. Like, I was just like, they're judging me. They're judging me because I'm a senior about to leave this fucking school, but I'm taking this junior class. I just, I just had all of this anxiety about people judging me, even though I'm pretty sure those fucking juniors, while I was a senior, did not give one shit about who I was, why I was there. They probably didn't even know I was a senior to begin with honestly probably <laughs> they probably didn't they probably wouldn't have even known you know and I, I think i can get where you were coming from back then because you know i've had my fair share in failing classes and all that and honestly it does feel like it's the end of the world but then you like become an adult and realize that Failing, not just that one class, failing a couple of classes did not impact that much on your adult life. Like, we've kind of just been taught, like, we've been socialized to, like, even if you don't have anxiety, right? We've kind of been socialized to just be perpetually anxious about every single choice that we make. I really, like, do y'all, like, notice that? Oh, yeah. I mean, if even if we backtrack it to, like, elementary school, I mean, there was always, like popular kids versus like normal or nerdy kids and like if you weren't in the popular kids you were kind of just judged for whether you're nerdy or not pretty or whatever and And it did not help that there are tv shows out there that kind of perpetuate what people are already afraid of i mean like going to school to where we went to school at you know 
I don't really think that was too much of a problem. But the fact that there's media representation of that being a problem, it's like, wow, they're really training us to be anxious for all of these things to feel, I guess, not pretty enough or not smart enough. And to feel like if the high school aspect of our lives was not the best part of our lives, our entire life after that is over. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I mean, I love it sarcastically that we thought high school was our peak. Like, we thought if we didn't make it in high school, our life was about to be shit. Like, I thought that, but not really. Like, you know, I I always thought that the peak in my life was going to be somewhere in my mid to late 20s to like early to mid 30s. That's what I've personally thought. But I always thought that I could only have that if I did well enough in high school to prepare for that. Yeah. But then I but like then I realized that there are people who graduate as like valedictorians from high school or some shit and then they like become like a first year college dropout, which that's not something to judge someone for, but it's just funny to think that you can do however you do in high school you know it doesn't like amount to your trajectory yeah it really does or your your the rest of your journey yeah it it just really doesn't because at the end of the day you're gonna just look back at that as just a class you took but that class did not really affect whether or not you were going to graduate with a bachelor's degree or whether or not you were going to marry your dream spouse or whether or not you were going to actually get that job like you know it's that one failure or even two or three or like you know five of those failures they don't really affect the things that really matter in life because the only things that really matter in life is when you're an adult and you have to start worrying about shit like credit and like mortgages you're not going to (laughs) right like those things those are real problems like not to say that school isn't important but those are like real problems right and like a u.s history class that's just that's like the cockroach at the bottom of your shoe (laughs) (laughs) like irrelevant yes yeah (laughs) like you only notice it's there if you look back but if you had just kept moving forward, you know, that's a good ass analogy, y'all. I, 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 like, I'm a poet. So like, <laughs> like outside of this, I'm a real poet. Like, I'm just I'm so I'm so smart. You're going to cut this out later. No, <laughs> I might not. <laughs> OK, Autumn, what about your story? If Damn. You one. OK, so no, because OK, so I'm currently hanging out at Michelle's house right now. And um, so before we started this episode i shared a tweet with her and the tweet said something along the lines of actually hold on hold on (laughs) basically i like shared a tweet with her uh while we were hanging out and the tweet says something along the lines of i just realized that i've been stressed out my entire life and we both were just like We both got into this, I think it was like this semi-deep conversation about how we were stressed out our entire lives. So literally her asking me, oh, do you have a story to share about like anxiety? I mean, there are probably highlights of my life where I felt highly anxious than others. 
But for the longest that I could remember, every single step I took in my life was ridden with anxiety. It was ridden with this looming fear that if I don't make the right choice, do this thing perfectly or correctly, everything was going to be over. Like Michelle's one U.S. history class that she, you know, failed. That was like my every living, breathing, waking moment with that history (laughs) class. Like that's what it was. I was joking with her as well. I was joking with her and I told her, I mean, is it a joke though? Because what I told her was... I have a collective five minutes, not five minutes straight, just like a collective of five minutes total that I might have had peace in my life, if I'm being honest. And she's in her 20s. Imagine being in your 20s and you can only like take a collective of moments that match up to about five minutes. Like if her shit was like, if her life was like a slideshow, that shit is just, and the title was times that michelle has experienced peace that shit would only be five minutes like pure peace pure happiness five minutes i i I want to estimate five minutes (laughs) and then it would and then it would cut back to like all the moments would last like like 30 seconds or so. not even like maybe like a split second (laughs) and then the bloopers are like times where she went back to being stressed right (laughs) But yeah, 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 that's like literally that entire conversation we had that basically just sums up like, you know, again, I do have times in my life that have highlighted, you know, really just really, really great grief that I've gone through or really like high stress moments. I have had those moments, but for the longest that I could remember, you know, it's always like there's always been this looming anxiousness and and I didn't even realize like I always thought that feeling that way was normal I always thought me too yeah like oh my god like I always thought life is super strict like everything has to feel like an emergency like I I, every single every single moment was was like every you had to address everything in such an immediate way way and then like how i also felt was like even in times that felt quote-unquote normal let's say like a minimal amount of stress and then something stressful did happen it just felt like a hundred times worse like because like you're in a in a way like you're already naturally in a sense stressed and tensed so then something like eventful happening that's even more stressful is like it almost kills you it's like overload yeah like it it just it just i i had to realize later in my life i've had many conversations with you know friends about you know certain moments that i'll like go through something distressful it like i'll be in distress or something and like they'll like tell me like not in a dismissive way like it's not a big deal but in a way that's like hey you feeling the way that you feel right now that like this big of a grief over you know over things like driving in front of a person you know somebody else made you feel that way and that's not okay and Again, like I said earlier, there is no one-size-fits-all solution to just immediately alleviate or completely erase this kind of thing. But 
it would help. It would help greatly to to create a world for yourself where you mostly put people in it that you know show you empathy, grace, and kindness in moments where you can't be kind to yourself not because you don't want to but you weren't really taught to do that you were just kind of taught to treat every single aspect of your life like it's an emergency and you know while we have talked about you know not throwing that word around like it's just like a quirky new trend of course I also think it's important to say that most people experience it at the same rate that most of everyone else is because we're all kind of being taught and conditioned and socialized to believe that we're supposed to create and want this certain type of life and that if we don't do that for ourselves that it's completely over that that if you don't make it out alive at the age of 18 even if you are alive after that your life is basically over and the fact that we've all kind of just been taught that I think that does mean that the government kind of put an anxiety chip in us I'm joking by the way I'm I'm joking (laughs) but like that's how I'm gonna word it yes we were all programmed to just be hella anxious and then if we like don't graduate high school or like know what we want to do after the ripe age of 18 we just malfunction and break and explode yeah like you know i kind of want to go into i guess like elaborate how what we were talking about in our last episode as well because in a month i'm turning 24 and i did a thing to myself i did it to my damn self i feel like that's a song (laughs) i did it to myself I mean, no, the way you said I did this to myself, I feel like I've heard that somewhere in a song, but please do go on. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think I did this to myself, but when I was 20 years old, I told myself I have a five-year plan or I made myself a five-year plan. And at the end of this five-year plan, I, well, I've done some things that achieved some part of my five-year plan, but I said I wanted, for example, I wanted to be in a long-term relationship. Well, lo and behold, I got married. So there we go. (laughs) And then, um, but I'm about to hit 24, which kind of gives me only a year left. To complete your five years. That ain't that. Because the five year, I wanted to physically own my own salon, which is probably not going to happen within a year. It's fine. I, I, I love the small business that I'm running now. And then... Number two was I wanted to get a house, but then the fucking market right now and all these damn Californians coming over here. Well, I mean, mostly it's the market because everybody's trying to move to Texas and, you know, the world's ending. So, you know, everything's going to shit. Um, I didn't mean for this to get political. (laughs) No, 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 no. Californians out there. Moving to Texas will not solve y'all's problems. That's I right. promise you. <laughs> oh my god, I literally so I went to Wild the other day, um, and like it was one of my first times at Wild 
and a Californian couple walked in and Wilde's in a place uh, that's closer to downtown, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is notoriously known for being like really expensive real estate. And I think it she really is. And she, I think she said, oh my God, like, yeah, we just moved to Texas. We bought our house for like 1.8 million or whatever. And it's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. It's in X neighborhood. And I'm thinking, you think 1.8 million was a steal? no i feel like i've heard this story before and i like it and it still blows my mind hearing this because i'm literally like "Uh uh-uh like are they serious and god knows like i'm trying to buy a house but like there's like 50 other offers on it no because if that person thought that was a steal your dream of getting that house within you know you earning like 24 and then 25 i don't know man throw that out the window no i mean i say that jokingly yeah yeah, yeah, but you but it feels that way yeah like (laughs) it it would definitely feel that way but the reason i brought that five-year plan up is because like even though i kind of imposed that on myself i feel like me judging myself for like not going through it i don't really hold it against myself because i realize life in every moment changes you realized it was unfair to you and adjusted yeah exactly and so but there were moments where i was like i'm about to turn 24 and it's getting closer to 25 but looking at your list like fuck like i haven't done this 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 and this and then i'm just like why am i rushing myself i have my whole life to live ahead of me but at the same time you know also i also can think like I might die tomorrow, but I'm not trying to think pessimistically. So if you die tomorrow, you was not getting that house today. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Exactly. But, but see, like every time you say something, I always have a realization about something. Every time Michelle speaks, I like have this like Kylie Jenner ass realization or whatever. Why Kylie Jenner? No, oh, do you not remember that like clip of her in 2016 where she was like, I feel like the year 2016 is going to be about realizing things or so like and it went like viral on like t- see i Sorry. can't i cannot talk to michelle about anything related to like Twitter or like things that went viral like I mean, I know the big stuff, but that seemed more... Specific? Yeah. And I don't keep up with the fucking Kardashians slash Okay, I Jenners. don't keep up with them either. It's just, it, it, it just, it just popped up on my Twitter feed, like, when I was, like, in high school. And, it, you know, like, I think it was a video. Like, everybody, everybody was making fun of it. Everybody was just making fun of her being like, I feel like 2016 is going to be the year about realizing things so so anytime i have a realization about life or whatever i don't always vocally refer to that clip but my brain does the whole realizing things so yeah anytime michelle like says something like at all even like outside this podcast like in person i always have a kylie jenner ass realization and that realization is you know she talks about when she was 20, she came up with a five-year plan. And I have made so many friends and met so many people that, you know, are like 22, 23, 24. And about nine out of 10 of them will be like, 
oh yeah, when I was 20 years old, I came up with this five-year plan. And I'm like, nonstop, no miss. There's not a single beat missed that a 20-something-year-old has told me when I was 20, I came up with a five-year plan. I suppose it's because there is something about being 25 that feels like that's the part of your 20s where you're supposed to have your life together. Well, but no, I just, for me, it was like, my goal is to reach 100 in life, 100 years old. So 25 would quite literally be my quarter-life crisis. <laughs> you know what? Michelle literally said, I want to live a good life and a long life. That's what she said, Mm y'all. She said, I want everything. And I respect that. I respect that in a person. So, yeah, I I mean, I just I just always thought it was crazy that almost every 20 year old has some sort of five year plan. I mean, I don't, though, because I'm not delusional, but like, wow, (laughs) attack. No, this is again, again, I'm joking. I don't I don't judge anybody who came up with a five year plan in their 20s. It's just more like it's just more like back then I just sort of realized, you know what? Let's not do this to ourselves. Like I have done a lot of emotional and mental self-harm to myself, but I did not subject myself to that. And honestly, Michelle, for a person who has not, you know, finished a lot of the things in your five-year plan. Me looking from the outside into your life, I would have said you've been finished. Oh. <laughs> but that's because, you know, I guess my standards are just, I'm not going to say low, but I have a different aspiration for yeah, my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, look at yours like, you know what? You, can, you, you need to still keep going, but, you know. Yeah, no, thank you. And that's why I like storytelling and sharing because especially in this new friendship, right? Like, oh, I keep calling it new, but it's been a few months now. <laughs> but like, you know, especially just getting to know people, I feel like you get to know them really well when you do get into the deeps and the nooks of their life, even though some people might be like put off by like being that close that soon. But I mean, I feel like in a way, sincerity seeps through when you share a deep moment or i'm not gonna say particularly sad but even happy moments too like oh yeah yeah because like you truly how do you say envision their entire life in that one moment that they're sharing with you so i love that we're trying to incorporate our audience's stories as well and i really hope that they do engage i hope the form actually gets some movement um because we want to hear y'all yeah we do we do want to listen to everybody's story and share what we can because like we said in our trailer and our first episode is like we are here to share stories and experiences and i'm actually excited because in the upcoming episodes we do have some people that i really want to talk to about not just being asian but our lives in general and seeing people's perspective from wherever they're from and i'm excited to get to know other people's stories michelle articulated that in a very beautiful and mature way because that's not how i well she she put how i felt in a more grown-up way (laughs) because the way i wanted to get at was 
that, you know, I, I viewed it as this podcast is an opportunity to show people that life has tricked us and bamboozled us. Oh, God. Yes. That's your whole thing. That's your whole thing. <laughs> You're like, I'm here to expose life is a scam. It is a scam. It is a scam. But you know what? You know what? That's for another episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. I know you just said it's for another episode, but I, I just saw this TikTok where it was like, tell me what you think is a scam but is like normalized and then someone was like dying because like even when you die like yeah sure you don't have to worry about anything but then you're like not your parents i mean like your friends family whatever whoever is taking care of your body essentially you essentially can't even die peacefully because <laughs> they have to pay so much money to like die too Right. They have to, because you don't pay for dying, but somebody else in your life is paying for your death. That is actually, cr- you- like, not to be sad or nothing, but, like, paying for my mom's funeral was in double-digit grand. So, like, that's, like, that's but see, things, crazy to think about. But see, things like that, things like, this is why I always say that anything that, we all relate to in terms of anxiety like that all connects to how we are socialized and how the rules of this world is set up not to try to sound like a conspiracy theorist or nothing i don't have any conspiracy theories it's just more like the way that this world is set up for us to constantly worry about the next thing like paying for somebody else's death that's Of course, you're sad in that moment, but if you're a person who doesn't have the means to do that, 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 that has to be hell. That has to be something that has at least a skinny layer of anxiousness in, in what you have to deal with. Oh, definitely. Because at the time when my mom passed, like I wasn't doing like the best financially. Yeah. And it, I felt, like, very shameful, but I had to, like, ask people to help with, like, the GoFundMe. And, like, I felt like I shouldn't do it because I was, people are probably thinking, like, well, why doesn't you just have money to, like, you know, uh, pay for the funeral or whatever? Because that, that, that's, like, it sucks that you had thought that because for you to have thought that means that there are people out there who oh, yeah. genuinely think that. And if there are people out there who think that, it's like, well, I'm sorry, Kyle, that I didn't save up money for the day that my mom might die in my 20s. Yeah. And like I had a client, so all of my work is client based and I'm not joking you like someone in her family had passed away and then she was like oh yeah like we saved for that and so like as part of the conversation i was like oh that's great like i wish i had family support and you know whatever support when that happened with my mom and she was like oh you didn't have money saved for your death or like not your death but your mom's death and i was like i'm sorry you know how chronically anxious that you would have to be as a non-rich person to be like, I need to save up and set aside an amount of money for 
in case I get into a car accident and have to be on prosthetic legs. And what's funny is because, like, because I'm in, like, a spa environment, I had to keep my chill when when she had said that because I was like, oh, no, like, I didn't. Oh, no, I didn't save up for my mom dying in before I hit my quarter life. Cr- you know what? Let's... Anyways, different, different podcast. I know, but, I know. That's, but that I just is. wanted to be, like, that's, like, that was one of the moments, just in general, like, life is a scam because you still got to pay to die. <laughs> yes, life is a scam because we are made to be in constant fear of things that we really shouldn't have to pay for, you know, it, it like... I get that that's how this world is built, but not even from a financial standpoint, just from like a whole, like, just from every aspect of life in general, whether it's money or school or friendships and other relationships, romantic or platonic. Anything. Yeah, it's it's just like, it's always this just, it's like this miserable cloud that, like you said earlier, like it's just looming. It's always there. Yeah, like, like even when it's not raining, it's still there. Yeah, and it's like I don't see any rain, so I'm supposed to be fine. But I see the cloud. It's dark, you know. And there's like a um, like an ambiance. Yes, in a sense too. Yeah. And again, sometimes there will be highlighting moments in life where. You feel the kind of distress that you feel like you genuinely can't come back from. And I'll never be able to tell anyone that there is a constant, always same answer that you can use to make it go away. There's no cure-all. Yeah, there's... Exactly. Like, that was actually way better worded. There is no cure-all. Sometimes you do have to power through those moments, but, you know, when you unlearn the fact that your worth is based on how much you've achieved in this world, when you unlearn that, show yourself a little kindness, grace, empathy for yourself. Those moments that you will have to power through will be much easier to power through because you'll realize that You make up the rules of your own life. It's your own values that you will have to follow. And when you can create that world for yourself inside your own mind, those moments of high anxiety will be a little more tolerable. Yeah, because like I said in the last episode, you know, I feel like we were so caught up in that one moment of failure or one moment of anxiety. And we felt like, it was the end of the world, but here we are, years later, and we're looking back, and we're like, we've grown from that. You know that Drake song, started from the bottom, now we're here? That's how I feel. <laughs> and I want everybody to eventually come to a point where they can be like, wow, I went from that to this, and this being healthier, yeah, slightly happier. Honestly, there are several times in my life where I have definitely felt that, like that I've definitely felt like at at my lowest, it it was pretty bad. It was just pretty bad. But then, but then, you know, 
you pick yourself up, you give yourself the hug that you always needed and you walk a little bit and um, you keep going until you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And once you're out there, you look back a little and you're like, wow, like that, that felt bad in that moment. But it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because I'm here now and I'm going to stay. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I think that's a good note to end on because, again, the whole purpose of us getting into our concept of anxiety is that, you know, that Google form is out there for you to share your story. It's also we're here as a podcast to share the stories and experiences as people of the AAPI community to give voice to an audience that, you know, again, we're usually silenced and or ashamed of our story. And I don't want that for anyone. I want Yeah. Yeah. It's so normalized for us to go like it's so normalized for our community to just have to just walk this world with emotional and mental constipation that we think it's normal. That's a beautiful phrase (laughs) but yes like like we walk around our community walks around this world like that and thinks that that is normal and it's not normal so you know everybody has everybody is allowed to have a place on our platform but i want people in our community to know that if you ever feel silly about feeling like something, if you feel like something is irrational or you don't understand why you feel something that's just an incessant bother, our Google form will open you in loving arms. And I'm almost 100% sure, because I had to learn this the hard way, that there is someone out there that feels you, that it relates to you and will relate to your story. And I'm so sure of it because again i was that person that was like i'm going through the worst period of my life no one understands no one no one can relate to what i'm going through but there's always someone either there to listen and or there are people out there going through the same thing you're going through and we're here to share that moment absolutely like even if there may not be an answer for your feelings or situation you will always have a friend in us. Yes. Ugh. See, that's episode one right there. You gotta... That is... The gift of a friend. That's right. The gift of us as friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Is that a good moment yeah, for yeah, our yeah. cheers? Cheers to sharing anxiety, having anxiety, but also... Conquering anxiety. Conquering and healing from yes. anxiety. All right. Mob high ba yo. And if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, follow and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to follow us on our socials, it's going to be at Cups of Anxiety, spelled A-N-X-I-E-T-E-A. Bye, y'all.